Now entering Nerdist.com. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel on the Nerdist Podcast Channel. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, did you guys, what did you do? We talked, we talked on Twitter about, for an hour. <laughs> yeah, we t- you were so well prepared. Yeah, it was I, always, I had notes. I had note cards. Yeah, literally note cards. Thank God about Twitter. Yeah, like little questions that I so I would have. You know, the right questions to ask Hart at the right yeah, moment. What, kind, what kind of questions are you doing? Oh no, I don't. We're rolling now. Oh, this, this may is or may not. How'd you, you do an official intro? I'll run us in, but I want to hear about this. You sneaky <laughs> bastard! You son of a. That's uh, real Mark Maron style. Yeah, it really is. The, I don't remember what the questions I were specifically because I wrote because I wrote them down. On so, you, so you don't know them. So but you were, them. you were asking Hart about Twitter. Yes. Well, yeah. What was the conference about? It was about social media. Basically, uh, here's what I think it was really about. Tell me if you think this is. I think it secretly was about is Twitter powerful enough that we don't have to spend any money on ad revenue? Right? Yes. And they wanted us to basically say. That is true. <laughs> and we try to say that it is not true. But do it's it in an entertaining way, which is, can, yeah, it's interesting. I'd be interested to hear what you guys think of that. I mean, this is a thing that's kind of come up this year. Because Don't try to turn this into a real interview, Look, then. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat, he did it. We're doing the urine review where we have our old pals, uh, Hart Hansen, Andrew Miller, Aaron Ginsberg uh, here. and um, I heard urine review right away. Yeah, yeah it's a urine, urine review. review. <laughs> The uh, urine I, hope, I hope you brought some jars. <laughs> you do not want to go. I'm proud of my urine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to review each other's. Oh. <laughs> Good news, bad news. Oh, twist. Uh, but this is actually something that's come up this year. I know, especially like in relation to some of the Fox comedies where they've specifically talked about um, social media uh, weighing in. And I know like AMC and a lot of the cable channels look at that. Um, so what, what kind of things did you guys talk about on this when, well, when that question was raised? A part of it was, uh, how much do you listen to social media okay. to change your show? Oh, sure. Um, the fans always and, want to know. Uh, yeah, adjust to it. And I, I, I think you're exactly right. Everyone's hoping that social media will be the cheapest way to promo a show in the world. But, you know, Bones has 13 million viewers. I have a hundred thousand, um, you know, uh, followers. David has almost four hundred thousand, yeah. mm-hmm. and um, you know, with most of the actors between me and him, so it's not we're not exactly getting to forty million people. Right. So, and it's new. Well, it's new and it's hip still somehow, and people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what they think. That's what if the, I'm doing. It. It's not hip. <laughs> you you fly in the face of that. <laughs> Early adopter. <laughs> no, but I, I do think it's like they want it to be bigger than it is. And obviously, like, mm-hmm. it's important. Like, the Who's thing the they in this? Like, who was the they that brought you the overlords? Well, who, who, <laughs> who invited you to the conference? They, <laughs> they that blew us a, in. That they is a good question. I'm going to blow your mind. Ask that question. <laughs> I don't know who they is. <laughs> do you? <laughs> who did invite us? I can't remember. But when they wanted to hear that, that social media was... Uh, cheap. Who that they were? Well, uh, uh, Nappy is like a market for TV shows, and they had this thing at the side, which was to discuss issues. And they had a whole bunch. They had a bunch of panels. Yes, they sure did. Running through, and and uh, ours was the, probably the least informative, but most entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, you Based did wear our, that tank top. I did. <laughs> I, 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 I which was informative the, and entertaining. <laughs> I missed. I misread the invite. So. <laughs> Casual beachwear, as I thought they said. The, uh, no, I, I think we, 
the thing that is true, which we couldn't deny, obviously, is that Twitter exists and now fans can reach right out to mm-hmm. everyone really, really easily. And that does change somewhat the relationship that we have to the viewers. Like, that's different now. People can just tell you specific things or ask you, you know, and sometimes you do want to answer those questions because they're, they help a storyline or they're funny or, you know, they're intriguing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but it did feel like there was a lot of questions about the ad revenue and like, can it, can this become something that... Can it that, be monetized? Can it be monetized sure. and can it sure. make an, make, can it make a ratings difference? Yeah. Right. Which can I it save many, money on the marketing end too? Yes. Yeah. 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 And I don't think, Which I don't is, know if we're there yet or maybe yeah, we are. Who I knows? Don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. We, we, we laid it squarely on no, for sure. No, we did. Our, and we also <laughs> laid in squarely on that the, your Twitter, your, uh, the, they're called boneheads. On for the Bones show is the Boneheads, and they are really, really dedicated to the show. Like they're fanatics, and uh, I have to find a nice way of saying that they are not um, a typical viewer. They they don't mm-hmm. represent the viewer. I don't even know if yeah. there's any the like, Boneheads between the Boneheads, right. the, the Twitter fanatics yeah. are not your average viewer. They see everything. They watch every episode. Yeah. They're one in fifty, maybe, uh, and yes. because of how vocal yeah. they are and how invested and they so are, and they're yeah. great fans to have. Yeah. But they're not the average. You can't fan. let them run the show, right? Oh, if we'd listened to the Twitter, the way I always said is, if you'd listen <laughs> to the, our Twitter fans at the beginning, David and Emily, um, the the characters of Booth and Brennan would have been in bed by episode eight. And yeah, that that's not good. So, and they would be the same fans saying, "I can't believe they're in bed so fast." You sure. ruined the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did they do that? Why did they give us what we wanted? Yeah. Now it's ruined. I get. Well, did you get yelled at on the Secret Circle? Yeah, I mean by Twitter people. Yeah, yeah. Not by, yeah, <laughs> by the actual. I got yelled at. Not to bring up dark times. <laughs> when wasn't I yelled? But but we were. But but this is the opposite of your sh- show now. But we were because we were so. Close to, I feel like we were mixing the morning of airing. Hmm. So any Twitter reaction was very live. I like heard the oh, morning wow. of Aaron. <laughs> yeah. The morning of urine. The urine. We, I, would, <laughs> I would screen all of the episodes first to see. Sure, <laughs> your notes. Yeah, give my notes. Throw a lot of the And then he'd tweet. <laughs> then tweet about it. This is not working. Yeah. The morning um, of Aaron. But so, so but, when that's that's a we had CW the opportunity. audience, which is like, they are on Twitter. That's CW audience. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they're on it. They're they're very vocal. I, I felt that any major... Uh, want was 50-50 so you couldn't win and couldn't lose right that, you, that yeah. there was never uniformity to say yeah. it's obvious what has to be done with these two characters so let's just yeah. do it there were just as many people that would be furious so mm-hmm. I think then you have to ride a respectful line between well we have an idea of what we're going and we're hoping that you'll all you know like it here and there but right. the people who piss me off are the ones who say the fans want you say, yeah. fuck off. You don't know what the fans want. If you did, you'd be running a network. And instead, yeah. you live in your mother's basement. And they don't know what the fans want. <laughs> the and if they knew what the fans want, want they wouldn't cancel shows. You know what? There are no fans. There's no group of fans. There's a yeah. whole bunch of people watch the show, and they all have a different attitude of what you want, of what they want. Yeah. There's no, like... Yeah. And the people, these narcissists who think they speak with the voice of the fans, I fucking hate them. At the end of the day, you have to make the show that you want to watch, or the show that makes you happy yeah. and that you're proud of. And that's the thing, like, well, you at the end... Well, it's not crazy what you're saying. No, no I'm saying what you do. Like, at the end of the day, like, it's your... If, it's, if you're watching a scene and, you, and, you're like, and you wrote it, and you're like, 
this isn't that good. And then it's like you should but fix the fans it. The fans were like, the fans were like, then you've done something wrong. Like at the end of the day, you want to be, stay true to at least something that you're happy with what you're. Yeah. What you're but making. to your comedy thing, I uh, this is my very unscientific, you know, social media observ- observation. But if you look at Fox, I feel like the Mindy Project and New Girl mm-hmm. are two examples where the fan bases, as far as I can tell, are. So go, aha, we put our two lead characters together fast, we win. And then the other people say, we're going to keep our two lead characters away for a long time, we win. And then when people stop liking New Girl, they say, they jump the shark by putting the two leads together. Yeah, they always find a reason. Mindy's a smart one, and then, but before that happened, it would have been the opposite. And that's, I think, proof that you can't win. Yeah. If you try to make the That's the lesson funny. you took from that is that in fact you can't win. Hang it up. Hang it up. Why do we even bother? I always ask the optimistic Andrew Miller to join us. Yeah. No, but what I was going to say is you're, you're doing a show that would, that isn't... Uh, I, we, were, we were, you know, doing sound mix that day. Yeah. You're doing a show that hasn't aired. I'm always amazed now of the shows like Homeland or something where they're like, oh, shit. People are so angry about something, and it, we're we're ten episodes yeah. past that. There's nothing. There's yeah, no corrective measures right. to, to make. You can't course correct at that point. Yeah, no. and I th- we should say Aaron is working on intelligence this year on CBS. Has been yeah. spent the past six months on intelligence. Yep, yep. which airs in January seventh. They've 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 picked a day. So get ready. <laughs> at what time? <laughs> Uh, after NCIS, <laughs> that's a good lead-in. It is possibly before. That's the best lead-in in the world. I think it's. I think it's in between for that premiere after NCIS and before NCIS Los Angeles. It's like it's, wow. We have an NCIS sandwich. Are you, we're like are they going to If you put NCIS Big Bang Theory in the commercial, yes, yeah. you got yourself a, a, yeah. a slot. Yeah, three-minute segments yeah. of Big Bang Theory. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> But uh, but so but when people I wonder if that if people were so concerned about Twitter followers reaction they yes. wouldn't they'd say no let's well right. I, I let's not say, let's not know. write it and produce it all before the new year and air it after right although you know there's a lot of you know we we you know CBS famously we, they test every episode you mm-hmm. know everything we do so we're we're getting it a much smaller oh, sure. you know you know you know it's not the Twitterverse. Right. Weighing in, but we are getting you know sixty. I'm sure very well educated people in Las Vegas who are paid twenty dollars to watch it in know. a shopping mall for an hour. It's like the Twitter cul <laughs> Do you guys? Sure. It's, a <laughs> it's weird, right? Total nightmare. But they you, do it with every show. You guys don't focus every show. Right? No, Not nowhere anymore. near anymore. But did um, you used to? You used to have to do it more, right? I think we escaped. A lot of that because um, they kept thinking we would be off the air in a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, honest to God, yeah, we were very lucky. I mean, they Dodged tested it. a few, and of course you test the pilot, but we didn't hear Throwing much. Throwing good money after bad, they thought. <laughs> 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 It'll be off by Christmas. Oh, it's only one season. No way it makes a second Christmas. In season eight, we're still going, oh, they won't be on at Christmas. So I don't think they, right. they put a lot of um, uh, interesting resources into that. Wow. But, um, yeah, I mean, the worst part is... You're having a show, and you're shooting it, and uh, the network and studio are seeing it, but the audience hasn't, and they're still trying to fix something. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure to fix something that you don't even know if it's broken or not. Because you don't know. Testing, we all know, everyone's been around for five minutes knows that testing is not really indicative of what the audience is going to think. It's well, that, indicative of something. I don't know. Yeah, and, and that's why I wonder about, like, obviously they, they, the studio or the network must have reasons for doing it. Or yeah. The network, I guess. Um, what kind of feedback do you get and what effect does it have and, like, what is the network hoping for? 
um, that you can tell. I mean, they want high numbers. Obviously, they want they want to know in some sort of scientific right. way that the episode is good. And the only way that you can do that is by science. Right. And right? that's just kind of a green or red, right? Yeah, you know, it's, and they have the, they're the, I just can't imagine watching an episode of anything with a dial the whole time. <laughs> have you ever I've seen done it? it? I've never actually done it, but I feel like I would get so... I, I'm, I'm a viewer who tends to get invested in things I watch in a way that I would forget to control yeah. the little mechanism. <laughs> you know, like, I feel oh, like I here's would... Here's what I, I mean, I've done it, and what I do is, like, if something was exciting, I would turn it up, and then when I relaxed, it would go back. But they think that's yeah bad. rejection, right. and it's like it's not. It's just like Whoa. these are the rhythms of a narrative. Yeah, yeah. and I just know that's the other thing that's weird is, is that occasionally yeah, things will dip when there's like a, a bad guy, right? Because yeah. they don't people don't like the bad guy, and then <laughs> so we'll they get have the, negative feelings. Yes, and then the note yeah. things we'll get is well, the audience doesn't like that character, and it's like well. I mean, he's bad. He's not supposed to. So it's actually good. His you know, name is Pol Pot. Yeah. He's bad. His name is Adolf Hitler, and yes, we don't want the dials going up on him. You know. But are you guys expected to correct after those? Uh, sometimes. Are there reshoots? Uh, yeah, sometimes. No kidding. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that, that, that's a tough go. Is yeah. a big, high-profile, expensive series that the uh, network loves. That's that's a that's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I will say that, like you know, and this is a you know the the. Sort of the the flip side to that is reshoots can be good. Like sometimes sure. you, we're all like we're all racing to get it done. It's hard to get these things filmed in the amount of time we have. So if you get a chance to go back and like get a, like a you know a mulligan, mm-hmm. it's kind of you know oftentimes you can like fix things that didn't work that you know like a joke that didn't land or a moment yeah. that didn't. So sometimes it can be there's like a, there's a give and take to all to all of it. Really, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I love that. I yeah. love doing reshoots. Right? Yeah, because you can really change an episode. You can make an episode. Yeah. Go from a B plus to an A, you know, with that. Extra I have tone. a feeling what, what we should do is write scripts and leave stuff out, and and shoot that uh, for seven days. Yes, yeah, seven days worth of a script. Yeah, and cut then it put it to cut it together and go. Okay, we, are we need we have one day to fix uh, add yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. That would be awesome. You should try that. Are you going to institute that? <laughs> Season ten. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, David Kelly kind of works that way. Oh, he does he? Puts yeah. it, he he. Or did anyway? Uh, he would engineer in a day of an extra day for reshoots. So you'd have a whole script, shoot it, and then he'd go, "I don't like that scene," and you'd do reshoot stuff, and it really worked. It yeah, so you can like fire. you can see what's playing and yeah. what story you have too many beats of, and yeah. what story you. Yeah, I totally think that's a but cool you don't idea. Understand? Uh, yeah. You know, um, don't you ever wish you, on a pilot? On every pilot I've ever done. They do testing. To me, it's like an excuse to do reshoots. Yeah. And uh, every time I will go to the studio and say, I need one day and, um, and we can address all these issues. Yeah. And uh, it's fantastic. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, of course, in a pilot, you have a little more time. You yeah. have that luxury. Um, what a great segue. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Andrew and Hart, how has your year been? <laughs> um, Andrew, we talked on microphones um, at the end of last year. <laughs> at the that's end not of last year. That's, that's, no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we did that karaoke night. <laughs> and then we talked on microphones. Um, and uh, you had a couple of pilots in contention. I call them failures. <laughs> Catch the people up on what happened. <laughs> you, you talked about, um, you had the rodeo pilot. It was a and, very exciting failure. And uh, uh, I had a rodeo pilot and at the Fox, one with Amblin. And the one with Amblin. Yeah. That's continuing on without me. So that's a 
sort of by Half failure. Half of the success <laughs> maybe? Yeah. failure. <laughs> <laughs> My part of the You were actually <laughs> the problem. Yeah. <laughs> they, they cleverly identified me as the, as the failure epicenter. Uh, so that one was... Dials were defined. all in the red. <laughs> the, other yeah. One, yeah. the other one was more ambiguous about whose fault it was. But I take the blame. Oh, um, God. The... the uh, the the rodeo show I did at Fox was developed over the course of it, it went long after pilot yeah. season was supposed to stop because I just loved it so much and then <laughs> but other people loved it too I mean you weren't like running around the Fox lot with the script <laughs> Please, going let me keep I writing. swear it's great <laughs> I've heard it was really good I would like to read it yeah no they were they people were very supportive about it and, and I I think it turned out pretty good but uh, but yeah it just didn't. Uh... As the as they call a failure, <laughs> which happens, they buy a lot of scripts, they make a certain number. It, and, but I'll, you know, I'll tell you what, what's interesting to me. Statistically, you're fucked. Well, but 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 there, I had friends in that time that you. It's this band aid pulling off a band aid. That at the you know come January tenth mm-hmm. or fifteenth, two hundred writers are going to get a call saying, "Yeah, your, your pilot's a failure." I got a lucky call saying, "We like it." We're gonna string it along, and then it'll be a failure later. And then <laughs> when you're the only one, when yeah. you're the only one getting the call, when everyone else is healed, moved on, healed. Yeah, yeah you know you don't get a call saying you're a failure, right? There's just <laughs> silence. Yeah. You have to figure it out. Eventually, at, a, at some moment, you go, oh, the upfronts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no Did one they say calls my name you. At all? No one calls you. You say sorry. No. It isn't. It's not like the phone call. It's like, oh, it's the network calling, and you say hello, and then there's a silence. No, hello. <laughs> oh, you hear I, the I network's it. calling. You say, tell them I'm on my way to yeah. the airport. Yeah, yeah. You, you hear nothing. You, um, uh, you hear your lowly agent making horrible small talk. You know, this, oh, this can't be. What you're talking about. How was your weekend? And, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember when we talked to uh, with Josh Friedman last pilot season. He said, "We're in the business of not making pilots." In, in that way, we're very successful. Yeah, then, <laughs> and it's, you know, occasionally one gets made. Yeah. But more often than not, like, the business is not making these things or, not, or the pilot not going. Mm. You know, there are worse things than your pilot not, not being commissioned. There are... If you, if you make a pilot, <laughs> if you make a pilot and they don't pick it up for series... That's worse yeah. than not getting asked to make the pilot. Good segue. If you make the pilot <laughs> and and you get ordered to series and you get canceled after four episodes, that's worse than not making the series. And actually, if you do a year, <laughs> a whole year, and then they cancel it and don't come back, then that's much worse than them never picking up the pilot. <laughs> it never gets point. good. This is a guy in season nine of a show. He didn't know yeah, what the hell he's good. talking about. That's good. <laughs> but, well, but I do want he's to talk about touch. I mean, I... I I can't speak to the quality of Andrew's pilots, except I know he's a great writer. He's a but I saw writer. your pilot hard uh, this year, and it was great. Um, oh, the Backstrom pilot? The Backstrom yeah. pilot. Yeah. Um, and I guess I kind of have the same question for both of you. I mean, that pilot didn't get picked up to series. How, what do you do afterwards? You know, you never quite get the call, but how do you pick up afterwards? Do you mean after the crying? After the crying. Okay, so after the crying. I generally face real disappointment with, I have to lie down for about three days. And I think it is clinical depression, but I'm just, I have to lie down for about three days. And then, uh, then you get up and go, what am I do next? (laughs) Is that... I, I can I am still. We worked on the Finder. I'm. I'm pretty bitter about the Finder. Sad because um, um, I think it could be doing very well on Friday nights now. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
Eh, generally, you know, re- really we get rejected and mm-hmm. fail more than we are, I mean, I do, more than uh, being praised and winning. So that's, I think that's why we get paid so much, mm-hmm. is for humiliation. <laughs> I don't think it's for what we right. write. For what we put you through, we will give you this much yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, here, here. For the ability to sustain constant humiliation, <laughs> you'll get paid. Yeah, that's right, right. yeah. But you know, I mean, like, your, your pilot doesn't get made, your pilot doesn't get picked up. You know, I'm going to get another shot. Right, I mean, you guys are in well, a, a good position that you at least will get the opportunity. No, but I think I think it's the same. You get thing. the opportunity, though, right? Yeah. I I think it's the same thing as as romance or death. But I think even in your situation, you go well. At least you had a successful date, and then she didn't call you back, and or or it's or it's worse to have gone out for a month and really started to feel something, and then got rejected. It's the same. I think it's the same thing, and it's the same recovery process. Some projects like the Finder are like a high school girlfriend you'll never quite get over, and some projects are like, oh yeah, I forgot that I even dated that yeah, girl or yeah. guy in mm-hmm. college. I think it's. I think the recovery time is 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 like that. It's mm-hmm. the same as disappointment on any level. I think. Like well, also shame five stages. or yeah. shame or guilt, which uh, I feel in romance a lot. Yeah, yes, yeah, right. shame <laughs> and guilt. Um, you know, it, there's uh, Rain Wilson deserves a series. Jeff Stoltz deserved his series. And it's like, well, they did their part. Who <laughs> fucked up? Um, you know, and all the, there's, uh, making a pilot's really hard and you bond and it's just terrible to think of it not going to a series. It's just terrible. And it's, uh, if you get, we get too much credit when it goes and we get, we did, don't get enough blame when it doesn't go. It's like our fault, the showrunners or the creators. Well, so. I, I don't know that that's true. I mean, there's there's always there are always reasons, right? The network has what they think their perfect lineup is. And yes, this doesn't fit or this does fit, and you know you you can't guess at that. You can just it's, make the best thing you can. It's make. seldom that you see a really good pilot that didn't get picked up. Um, it, 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 a really good pilot. I mean, <coughs> the, the last one I saw was. Um, David Shore's guilt mm-hmm. on for ABC. That was a mm-hmm. real Steve Coogan. That was a really, really good pilot. And when yeah. you see, I mean, you you get wrapped up in yourself and you can't be objective. But you look at someone else, or even someone you have Schadenfreude for, like I do Shore. I want him to fail all the time. He had the biggest <laughs> Canadian and he had the largest show in the world. Um, you look at that and go, oh, what? How how does this work? What are we? What are you supposed to do? Yeah, there's a lot of what am I supposed to do yeah. involved. Absolutely. But then, I mean, as I say, you guys pick up. And how did you wind up working together on a project? I Hart Hansen is is a very successful <laughs> writer <laughs> producer here on the 20th Century Fox lot. <laughs> I I had it's replacing us. Could you call me an eminence, please? <laughs> <laughs> I had a very minor, insignificant deal on the 20th Century Fox lot, and uh, uh, they suggested Hart was busy with Bones and another project he was overseeing. Maxim wasn't dead yet, yeah. and I'm supervising another pilot. Sure. So and they the, said, you know, why don't you, uh, why don't you, guys why don't you do co-write? Yeah. which is not my nature at all. Really. Um, and um, but I really like Andrew's uh, writing a lot, and he's a copacetic fellow. So we started. We, we You're not doing shotgun it now. marriage. <laughs> yeah, not tonight, but uh, sometimes <laughs> it's been said. Um, and was this an original project that you brought to the table, or was it something it's you developed? It's based on a together? series of books yeah. that, oh, okay. that yeah. Hart found. Oh, all right. I, I was about almost. You almost uh, buy it off the title. 
Oh, oh wait. Oh, I just remembered what you're doing. Okay, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a good piece yeah. to and you enter the name of a city. Yeah. Would you know. you, Aaron lent me those books. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of those it's from years ago. Yeah, I devoured them too. Oh, this so sounds much like a great series. So yeah. I, I jumped at it. And I really didn't want to share it with Andrew, but eventually... <laughs> <laughs> Not my nature chair. I'm an oldest child. <laughs> and how has that process been? Uh, fantastic. Yeah, I've, I've truly enjoyed it, and I've oh. never co-written before in my life. I have divvied up things, but um, sure. I, I, but that's to his credit, not mine. <laughs> how did you guys? Also, by the way, he's the most awesome pitcher in the world. Oh, oh my God, can he pitch? And um, and I'm I kind of like people pity me. They go, oh, poor guy's trying to tell us his story. <laughs> so that was like, that was like, come on. Oh, my God. That's, I, not, that's not true. Wait, I, I have two things to say about this. First of all, I always quote you from the episode that you did, the Nerdist panel uh, that you did about pitching, which was keep it as simple as can be. So the old lady living in a trailer in Nova Scotia can that's right. convey it. That's right. Uh, and you... Andrew uh, said the most complicated guy. No, the last time when we talked, I think it was during the um, the pilot season. It might have been the year end thing. Uh, you said that you felt like you really learned how to pitch last year uh, because you spent so much time doing it. Where and you hadn't been writing in so long between the end of uh, Secret Circle and then having to do the next pilot. Like it was a good six months or so mm-hmm. where you were just kind of pitching and you felt like you finally figured it out. So it sounds like you did. I mean, you know, it's a really, really. <laughs> I, I, um, the the embarrassing gaps in our pitch was because he'd be finished his part, and I was supposed to start my part, and I'd be like, <laughs> then what happened? <laughs> it, was, it was very embarrassing. No, that, that's that's really that's not true at all. <laughs> the, the fact is that I we have different we have very different <laughs> styles. Yes. <laughs> And yours is entertaining. <laughs> but yours is pitiable. Mine is kind of pitiful. I think we. I think. I think to some degree we both pitch scared. But but I overcompensate. You hide it I, with with a great deal of preparation. Not not preparation. Not that hard does it. But but like I write everything down. I mm. memorize it. I. Yeah, you really I, script it out. Yeah, because I'm terrified of that. It just feels like like a cliff, a cliff, and that all I'm going to fall off. You any said second. Cliff. You said it feels like a cliff. <laughs> That's what you said instead of a, a Freudian slip. You know how <laughs> it feels that um, I can't. Listen, works in many <laughs> ways, when you're pitching, you're trying to please someone else. <laughs> just to hit it on the bottom in an unnatural <laughs> way. So in this in this metaphor, heart is the he, you can't find it. Is what you're saying. You can't. <laughs> Heart reaches around and he's very he's, he's I think it's a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> but he's enthusiastic and so charming and yeah. you're like, oh just come on in. Yeah. But I think so, just speak like you're enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> but people I think the, the the styles ended up working, I think, really well for some reason that I can't explain. But that but that mm-hmm. that heart I think I ended up forcing Hart reluctantly to have to be entertaining. We had, yeah. be, no, because we had sections. I'd say something mm. about something, and he'd have to say something. And if it was just left to his own devices, Hart would go through the sections as everyone. <laughs> and but it end up it ended up working well. He's also as as I hope you people in your headphones can hear. He's an insanely charming guy. So it's not no one's not smiling when he's talking. Right. 
No one's yes, like, oh, well, God. For the reasons you think. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a pitying smile. They're just like, oh, Hart Hansen telling us a, a fun story. Look and that's... at him thinking he can sell something. <laughs> Like a senile person is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So what's talking? Oh, they're telling a charming story. They think it's happening right now, but... He doesn't even know I don't have a clue. But there, <laughs> but there is something, and, and Aaron, you can talk to this, about pitching with someone else. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so much easier. Yes, that's true. I mean, Wade and I break do the very similar thing. We divide everything up and then memorize it, and we have it, you know, we used to get it down in time. We time ourselves. See if oh it's... God. Yeah, to see... To, <laughs> to make sure if there's a section that's going too long, it's like, oh yeah, we should get that down to three minutes to move on. So we would have it really like a well-oiled machine. And we did that for... You know, we still do that. That's how we pitch. And then there's that one project that I think I may have talked about on this podcast where we were with a comedian yes. who... <laughs> it was a different energy than ours. So we kept trying to give him certain parts to do. And, and he's very funny, but not... You know, he doesn't... Right. He doesn't need to follow the rules that we've set out right. at the moment. And uh, I remember we finished the, this at the end of this pitch. We we got to the end, and the room was like, "Oh, that was great! Uh, great job." <laughs> we just need to, um, you know, we need to talk amongst ourselves, and we'll get back to you. And the comedian goes, "We'll need an answer right now." <laughs> <laughs> As like a joke, and the room. But he is so dry. He's so dry. <laughs> And the room just went like they all the executives just went like ashen. Like, like what would ha- you just tell them they were like what would so happen good. if I had to make a decision right now? That's right. Like, it was so good. We actually sold it to those people. They, yeah. they, 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 they but In we that moment, no. We walked out of the room and I was like, "Don't ever do that." What are you? That's crazy. He's like, "I was just joking." I was like, "That's not funny." They look so, they look so stressed when you put them. Yeah, oh. we'll need a decision right now. <laughs> like, Whoa! It's what you want to say. It is. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's there's a little gap between uh, sort of the when the fall schedule is announced, and then there's staffing season, and then you guys would go out and do your selling uh, selling seasons a little bit later in the year. But uh, Aaron, you went out for staffing season this year. Yes, I did. Wait, remind us where you were coming from, and uh, well, in, where, in where the emotionally, it's just, if you picture well, the certainly <laughs> if you picture the, the the sort of scale of heartbreak <laughs> that we've we've really uh, you know set out here for the listeners. Uh, I had been on a show called Do No Harm, which had four viewers when it aired its premiere or something like that. So we were canceled after like ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they aired maybe two, and then eventually yeah. they. The they, title is asking for it is. It is. That's the only thing they didn't test. It was, it was very. We worked so hard. It was a really great writing room and a really great cast, and so we were really yeah. sad that it didn't connect with viewers. I mean, it was. I, I will say, like, you kind of had this experience a few years in a row now, where you're on a good show. Is this an intervention? It's a happy yeah. room. Wait, oh my god, what's happening? Uh, but it, like the room. I mean, the Finder was one of them, but yeah. it's a happy room. Good Guys was another. Yeah. Um, but. For some reason, it just doesn't catch yeah. on with the network or the audience, whatever, and it, and it goes away. So you're stuck in another uh, staffing season. Yes. Um, so how was it for you guys this year? Uh, it was good. It was busy. We had a lot of meetings. Did you know? Did our the whole song and dance, and you know, we had. And the funny thing is, that with, with intelligence, that show, I got lost getting to the meeting, then got caught in a rainstorm, which, as we all know in LA, is like rare that they ever happen. <laughs> and I was. And when they do, the town shuts down. Yes, they do. And I was walking from where I parked to like where the meeting was, and I couldn't find anything with cover. So I just kept getting rained on. I was just like running, and all the doors were locked, and 
So I got to the meeting and I was literally soaked, like sopping wet, like my all the way through to my socks, like my hair is like in front of like a wet dog, and I was like, oh god, this is terrible. I'm in the bathroom, like taking a paper towel, like, like blot up so that my shirt doesn't look just like sopping. So then we go in, and then Wade walks in like a little late and is perfectly dry. And he's like, and he's like, what's happening? I'm like, he it's is perfectly dry. Yes. And I was like, what happened? Is it raining? He's like, no. I was like, what? Yes, it is. No, it's LA. It's, yeah, it's, here. it's cloudy. It's a little rainy. Six months. It's a little overcast, I guess. So we go in the meeting, and I'm like drenched and like uncomfortable, and like Wade is, you know, Wade, and we sit down, and then the meeting we didn't think it went very well. Like we couldn't mm-hmm. quite connect, and some, you know, I think my head was, I was just like, I could hear my. My butt squeaking on the leather <laughs> furniture because like every move would be like, you know, because I was so wet. Oh my gosh. And uh, awesome. I remember leaving and I was like, well, we blew that meeting. Like, Holy <laughs> crap, did we screw that one up? Uh, and then and then that was one of our offers. And that was so, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, one of our offers. Yeah. What are the other ones? Well, yeah, this, I, listen, now I'm dedicated and contractually obligated to only talk about intelligence, you guys. But those other ones have been canceled already. They're all canceled. Yeah. <laughs> because they didn't have you. Yes, that's right. Um, no. I, talk for a minute, and you guys can speak about this too, having been on both sides of it, um, but about the difference between a good meeting and a bad meeting. Like, what, what does that feel like? What does a good meeting feel like? I think the good ones are just effortless. Like you, you genuinely. I think the ones that are really great is, are, are when you actually connect with the people that you're meeting with in a way that isn't part of the like the bullshit of trying to get a job. Mm-hmm. Like you actually either really like the the pilot and then you really enjoy meeting the person, and it, that has this effortlessness that makes a good meeting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the ones that are bad are ones where you just can't quite get the rhythm of the. It's like a scene that doesn't work. You just can't. Mm-hmm. Get on the same wavelength, or, you, or your jokes or stories don't work. That's always a good sign. <laughs> and I remember we were in, in intelligence for the people who don't know it yet. Right? It's, it's like a high tech show. It's everything's like we're like five minutes in the future, and everything's like really complicated. I remember we're, we felt in the meeting that we were not quite getting. We couldn't connect. You weren't so five minutes in the future. We were not. I mean, we were five minutes in the past. I, you know, I needed. I needed. A, you know, a blow dryer and. And uh, Wade starts telling this story, I'm going to out him, that it was this, this, this beat that we wrote for the good guys, which we were really happy about. And it is like the op- very opposite of tech savvy. It, is, it was this beat that we were so, I don't know how it came up or why he was pitching it, but it was this beat where Bradley Whitford's character, uh, we created this thing where he, he slows down like perps that are driving too fast by keeping a jug of old milk in his Trans Am until it rots, and then he pulls up next to them and chucks it into their car. <laughs> and when it hits, it sprays chunky milk everywhere, and it ends up, the people, you know, it's so gross that people pull over. And, and but this is like the story, you know, like, the show where it's right. like born identity, and we're like <laughs> pitching this thing, it's like, so think of this like thing of like 1% milk just oh cooking in your God. car. Like I can just tell that the, the Michael Seitzman, who was the creator, is like, what does this have to do with the show? Like, what are we talking about? And he was right. I don't know, I don't know how we got the job. Um. Did, you, did you go out for staffing stuff this year? Mm-mm. No. Continued to develop. Well, you were in development limbo for a bit. I was still in the rodeo. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was, I was still in the midst of my failure. So that eight seconds went on for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> rodeo callback, you guys. Right? No? Yeah. Kind of the only one. Yeah. That's all, that's all I know about rodeos. <laughs> I, um... <laughs> I'm mostly taking meetings with people, and I, you know, I just don't care. 
Um, I don't care if I like the person. I've, I've already looked at their writing. Mm-hmm. And if I like their writing enough, I call the showrunner of whatever it is they mm-hmm. showed me to find out if they mm-hmm. really wrote it. And if they <laughs> really wrote it, um, I, you know, they could come in smelling and looking, uh, and I don't wet. care. I'm, they could come in wet, and I don't, wow. I, I don't care very much unless somebody is just... Uh, so reference, you say references go further than the meeting for yes, you. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. if you can get a real reference. Um, right. You know, you, you have to call people you So you've never, you've never read something, liked it, met someone and said, oh, no way. No, no. And, you know, you can, you can uh, I, again, uh, you know, I've, I've had some arguments with some other showrunners about this who think that putting together the chemistry of a room mm-hmm. is really, really important. And I just want writers. And I figure... They'll find a way to get along or not get along. Don't sit beside each other. So maybe I'm just lazy because I just don't want to go through all that. And, uh, and, you know, writers are weird. A lot of, sometimes people come in and they're just a lump of suet sitting on your uh, I don't know why you keep gesturing at me. When you start. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird, right? Their eyes are way too big for an adult male. I don't understand. <laughs> they wear scarves. I was just wearing a snappy scarf and a hoodie. You guys. <laughs> outside and cold all day. Still soaking wet. <laughs> and sometimes writers are delightful. Like, no, no. <laughs> but the records show they're pointing to Ben Parker. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never, you know, and if they something wonderful I don't care if they just sit there and go yeah it's interesting sometimes you think I don't think this person really likes whatever the pilot or what I do and their agent made them come and then I immediately feel sorry for them and I'm overly not because I think oh you've been on those meetings at something Mm -hmm. where what the fuck am I going to say about this show I hate it Um, well especially if you're going out for network shows (laughs) yes more and more frequent oh my god yeah Um, <clears throat> what has been the, uh, well, I'll ask you this first. What kind of material do you tend to respond to? What is, what does it have that makes you respond? I think I'm weird about this too. Um, I like to see people's original writing, mm-hmm. even if it's a short story or a play. Which um, I think is becoming more common. I, I just can this person write. Yeah. And then if there's some indication, depending on what level I'm looking at, especially say uh, supervising producer below, I'm just looking for somebody who can write because maybe they'll be able to do a TV show. Supervising producer and above, I should say, it's like, can this person put a TV on? Can they do rewrites? Um, can they, uh, can they t- uh, mimic someone else's voice? Um, and that, then you're, you're just set. If somebody's a great writer who can mimic a voice, then you're, you're just set. Sure. Uh, what's the turnover been on? I mean, Bones has been on for some time now. What's Bones is incredibly stable now. The first season was... Um, uh, I would say the first year and a half we had a lot of turnover a lot, mm-hmm. lot of turnover had um, trouble finding high level writers really? Um, and, why uh, do you think it was? well I mean uh, there's a whole bunch of theories um, I have a whole bunch of theories one is that we were the, we were the last at everything so we were the last person out there. So we didn't have a pick of, of what we wanted. And we got some good people. But Bones is, you know, goofy. And so how many writers can write goofy um, without, you know, going over the edge into goofiness, which some would say the show does anyway. <laughs> but it's hard to find that tone. Mm-hmm. And then um, they, the network and the studio really, really insisted that I have a bunch of um, procedural writers on the staff because I'm a soft writer. I'm a character and humor writer. This is, I'm going like this because <laughs> yeah. who's what? I don't know. Right. But that's what their view was. And the procedural writers I had on, good in the room, 
the scripts just were not going to be a weirdo Bones episode. Sure. They were for something much drier. Mm-hmm. And uh, But it, we've had the same room for yeah. uh, with very few... Ch- I mean, people have gone off to run shows. We've lost people right. to go off and do their own shows, but we've been a really stable room. Well, and obviously the voice of the show is, is now very clear. Yes, you can see it on, <laughs> on screen if you exactly. pay attention, which you don't have the advantage <laughs> of uh, when you first start. Exactly. Um, Andrew, what do you what do you see as your strengths as a writer? What do you think you bring well, to uh, <laughs> to do three things? Well, I mean, because, zap, because, yeah, the third thing. I'm this. I'm this. Oh, he, he's, that's, that's my heart was analyzing my pitching style when we were pitching, and then he at some point I, we were on the phone. He's like, I know, I, I know exactly yeah. your cadence to punchy. Punchy adverb. <laughs> nice. Adverb pivot. Is she's fast, clean, and expertly put together. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm stealing it. It's awesome. Andrew, pitch me you as a writer. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. I have, I have to write it down and paste it in. That's what I'm saying. I can't do it on the top of my head. I'm not. Um, uh, I, I don't. What was the question? What, what do you think you? Whether it's in you this know is a terrifying question. Whether it's yeah. in your partnership uh, with Hart right now uh, in this current project, or you know just when you're going to a room to sell yourself to, whether it's the network or another showrunner, what do you what do you tell them that you bring to the table? Snacks. I know this is um, this is so I, un-Canadian yeah. of you have to have to say this. I I I I, I like characters a lot. I I I I, uh, I don't think I bring. I'm not a good procedural guy. I know what I don't bring to the table, which is I'm, I'm not a great procedural guy. I like I like characters mostly. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, God damn it, Ben! I, I've, I don't. That is a loaded question. I think we all know terrible. it, but, we, but none of us uh, swooped in to help you. I just want to point out. I know exactly what's good about him. <laughs> I should have asked you. He, he, it's easier. Um, here's what I love about working with him. You get to a problem. You say, here's the problem. He never goes, well, what I thought was... There's not a speed bump. He is never the speed bump. He says, well, we should... And, and mm-hmm. the next thing you know, you're 100 yards down the, uh, down the runway That's instead really of still valuable. arguing. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that because there's nothing I hate more than someone just... Even including myself. Well, what I thought we'd do is... He never does that. It's like pick up the, your end of the piano and start running. Yeah. Uh, that's a great, great... That's really valuable. That's what I was going to say. And <laughs> <laughs> extremely sexy. Um, <laughs> wait, what? while we're at it, Aaron, you've worked with Hart. I have. What are his strengths as a writer? Oh, he has many. <laughs> sure. Oh, the... He's walking away. No, I, love... I, I would actually ask, ask this. I, no, I, I love re- working with Hart. I want to reframe this a little bit. Yeah, reframe because it. you did have a great experience. <laughs> you you guys had a great experience on the Finder. We did. And, yeah, and, I mean, I remember they were MVPs. Um, yeah, and you guys it. learned a lot. What did you learn from working in that room that you brought to your current job? I wasn't in the room all that. Yeah, the, well, the thing that weird thing was the you room were kind of running two shows at the time. Right? Yeah, the, yeah, the room <clears throat> functioned in a different way than 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 other rooms I've been in, and we just were basically like content generators in that room. Like we would we would just you know it was a fun fun room to be in because we it was just, a strong room. strong room, and we would just generate tons and tons of story, and then we would get to come over and like to you know run it by heart, and then he would like 
he could just make every he could just grow from the from the dry patches. Like anything that was working, he would grab and say, "This is an episode. Expand this." And anything that was dry, he would like say one thing, and you're like, "Oh, that's yeah. Why did we spend two days smashing our face into that wall?" And you looked at it for ten seconds and added something that was like. Now it's a, a fertile green field. Well, it is easier to comment on what other people uh, do than to generate yourself. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, but, no but, offense but, to critics. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it was. I mean, that was that was like the experience. And then obviously, when you start breaking it into the script, like what you know, working with you and you would do like passes on our script, and you'd add the the heart. Sauce, the magic heart sauce. It was like, oh, good lord! It was great. <laughs> well, and uh, you and, haven't gotten to that yeah. yet, have and, uh, probably you? Probably felony. Heart sauce. I got your heart sauce. Probably a felony in school. <laughs> I'm guessing. This brings uh, us back least. to the clip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, it is Hollywood. People know what to expect, right? No one said it was a clean. Business. It's not easy to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say something about heart that I love. By the way, I remember oh, we would pitch oh, you. We would pitch you story ideas. And then you would have to pitch those story ideas to the Muckety Mucks, the network, the studio, whoever needs mm-hmm. to hear those. And I was in this very office hearing you pitch something we'd pitch to you, and it was not going great, right? It was not going great. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? And like, at the, it was confusing. We couldn't follow it. Uh, at the end, they said, um, yeah, okay, just write that, I guess. Write that. And the call ended, and we got pushed into the outline. We got past the pitch phase. I couldn't follow the pitch, and surely they couldn't either. And there's this pause, and then Hartwell looked at Wade and I and said, when I do it like that, uh, they don't ask any questions because they can't follow it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, don't tell me. It was an act. It was an act. These guys are so sad. These guys are so sad. He's unbelievable. He's a pitching. Yes. It was a trick. But it worked. Oh, was that the human Google one? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Which is actually you even remember it. Oh, yeah. It was great. It was great. And then we had to change it because we couldn't say the word Google. It, yeah, it, it never, human, human internet. Human it was, internet. It, was, it never oh, God, was as right. good as human Google. Human that Google. phrasing was much funnier. But yeah. what could you do? And Bing wasn't big enough to say and human Bing. Bing. Yes, well, that's right. It didn't have the right ring to it. Yeah. It was like human Bing. Like, no. I think it was the single best idea yeah. of the... Uh, the, the everybody was isolated by a hurricane. Mm-hmm. So uh, Walter put uh, Walter the Finder put everyone in the room in front of him on chairs and said, "Between us, we know everything." So now yeah. you're human Google. And who directed that? Was that Alex Chapel? It was. It was. And yeah. What a Good great memory. job he did of having people pop yeah. up and yeah. Him and say, there was some. There was, was some. Episode. Yeah, there was some weird version of like almost science of if you have, have a certain number of people. Yeah. Their overlapping <laughs> Venn diagram of information. Well, yeah. you can we can solve this yeah. based on their knowledge. Yeah. It was pretty good. Uh, yeah, it came, out, it came out great. It was a fun episode. Yeah, that pitch was a song and dance that was now I know deliberately intended to confuse people. <laughs> <laughs> and want them to say, "Don't do the <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it and works. Obviously, so. you've used it, this on your new show. Yeah, the yeah. new. Uh, my, You're fired. No, no, I'm. Have you tried to confuse the bosses? <laughs> well, we can't because our lead has a chip in his head. Oh, <laughs> sure. So he isn't. You know, he is human Google. Literally, I've right. gone somehow <laughs> from that idea to the actual uh, literal version of it. Absolutely. Um, now, our room is very different uh, in, in intelligence in the sense of how we just the way that it's. We, we just work one at a time, and we just we beat the story to death. Like mm-hmm. we really just like because we were generating so much stuff for the finder. We would just. I feel like yeah. we would do. 
I don't know, I feel like story, every few days we would be yeah. pulling something new we off the board. We were going really fast, and um, it was a tough go. It yeah. was a tough go getting them to buy yeah. uh, stories. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and it was really weird because it wasn't, I mean, we had uh, we had Matt McLeod, who's a cop. He can tell a million cop stories. Oh, yeah. Anyone who wants is doing a cop story should have this guy. He's a story generator. But Walter didn't care about solving crimes. He cared about finding a thing. So we right. all had to... Yeah. It was a different story generator. I remember offhandedly Matt McLeod mentioned <laughs> that he went on a case when he was a, a, worked on the force. Was he a Mountie? Is that what he was? He, yes, he was. And he walked into some house and there was a head in a bucket. <laughs> that was, by the way, this was not the point of the story. That was like a, that was like a <laughs> side thing. Yeah. And then everyone, flavor. everyone in the room was like, whoa, <laughs> go back a second. There was what in the bucket? Oh, a human head. <laughs> what? He's like, no, but you were getting off track. That's not the point of the story. <laughs> no, all we want to talk about is this head in the bucket. Like, what were you? Yeah, yeah, how did it get there? Yeah, he didn't, kind of he didn't want to talk about that. <laughs> I don't think I ever got the end of that story, actually. He just wanted to talk about the, what, what the real crime was or something. I've known him for 25 years and, and uh, he still tells me stories that go, what? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, hold on. Is that Fantastic. real? I, I... These crimes happen in Canada? <laughs> That's what I always kept saying. Right. <laughs> Are you sure Canada? Think of you. 20 years of crime or 20 crimes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait. <laughs> Um, it, it was sort of uh, the common thread among a lot of conversations we had in 2012 was what a difficult year it was for staffing, for selling. Um, it seemed like it was more competitive on the staffing side, and it was uh, sort of a moving target on the selling side. Did you guys find 2013 to be easier? Or was it just as difficult? I mean, Andrew, you still had the hangover of 2012. Uh, I mean, I, I got lucky because I, I'm, you know, I was doing this pretty quickly, and so mm -hmm. it didn't. If you catch a break, it never seems that hard. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I can't. I don't think. Are I'm, you guys were? Are you individually working on more than one script? I am. You are. I I. <laughs> <laughs> I was pitching other things, like you know, you I, yeah. Because I, I think you had like four scripts or something last year or the year before, right? Like there were a number of them. Two. Two that wound up being written, but I know you were pitching a number yeah, of different ideas another, yeah. and properties. I mean, sorry. <laughs> to no, no, you're right. I had double the failures I first had. Yes, yes. No, I take it back. This is a really it's wonderful, even worse. warm holiday episode. <laughs> I'm going to meet Friedman and Greenstein uh, oh, yeah. after this. So. Oh, there you go. So, this is the warm fun. holiday yeah, episode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but do, but did you guys find it easier to kind of no I I heard when, get your when ideas we, when we went into this no, that's true before I had an idea that I had developed that was shot down mm -hmm. before it, it went out and mm -hmm. I think that might not have happened the year before like I think people I feel like I kept hearing stories of pitches by reputable pitchers mm -hmm. just not going anywhere or yeah. not getting bought and and. And I think that caused some. It, it was people weren't buying early in the season, so then people started getting nervous, mm -hmm. and then people started. There were writers that I know that got turned down a couple times, and then I think studios got scared, and yeah. So I I felt there was some nervousness out there. I think again, this we got lucky to some. I got lucky. Mm -hmm. It's a great project and hard, so it didn't feel that right. as hard as those other stories. How, when did the Thieves Guide sell? Do you remember August or September? Uh, no, no, no. When did we pitch? I don't. I don't know. I 
feel like September. September sounds right. All right. It's so fairly, fairly average. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had great pitches. We had <clears throat> interest from more than one place mm-hmm. and um, ended up where we're glad to, to have ended up. Uh, and what, what about your other pilot? What's the story on that one? Um, that... Uh, that's um, I'm supervising Jason Horwich in a um, martial arts um, a melodrama set in San Francisco. Um, oh wow! That ended up where you know it's at Fox. Um, uh, you know, I, I actually had I guess I had a good year um, because there's actually two other things that I just can't do. Mm-hmm. I just can't do them. So um, and they're great projects that um, the you know that. I have an overall deal, so I have to pitch everything to 20th. Right. And they were really, I mean, it was tough to pick what wow. we were going to do. Um, so I, I, now I'm trying to remember when we were uh, striving to, ca- uh, to um, staff up on Baxter. Um, you know, God, uh, you know, the, I, I, my list was fantastic of people I sure? would have... Um, uh, and that I and that really, pilot had a lot of goodwill behind it. I mean, I think I yeah. think people were really surprised that it didn't go. Yeah, it was. It came down to a uh, to. Um, I think I'm allowed to say this that in the end, twentieth and CBS could not come to uh, an agreement. It went really? way up on both sides, mm-hmm. so that you know, titans were fighting each other, and mm-hmm. mortals were right. being crushed. And that's why it kind of lingered after. <laughs> yes, uh, everyone thought somebody would blink, yeah. but you know, Les Moonves doesn't blink, and Rupert Murdoch doesn't blink. They it's, don't. It's, blink. Like, it's like Pacific Rim of pilots. Uh, <laughs> you know, I said that exact same thing to my wife. I was watching Pacific Rim. And said, See those poor fuckers in the boat? Yeah. <laughs> that's me and Rain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, but I was um, I met with uh, I met with people to try and get the I, I seem to have had a lot of interest from the writers I would like to have been on the show, um, and then it was terrible watching them slowly go off and be on on other things, yeah. and I, that's why I was I mean Jason, who I'm working with, I was really interested in having him on staff, and Andrew, I was really interested in having him on it, and. If you know, if I'm working, Aaron and Wade are going to get calls from me all the time if I have somewhere to put them. <clears throat> so I, uh, but I still don't know if all those people would have come if I'd asked them. So I get to live in fantasy land. That would have been <laughs> right, the perfect you know, living off the fat of the land. Like we already bought like backs from mugs <laughs> for my coffee. What are you talking about? We had it all I, look, I was getting calls from the upfronts from really highly placed uh, industry uh, oh journalists saying they're going to announce in 15 minutes, and it's like sitting there mind your pants. Oh, <laughs> That's crazy. It almost became. It, it, I tend to laugh at it at appropriate times. But it <laughs> Yeah. Well, what choice do you have? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it has to be humorous. Um, and then, so you kind of had teed up a number of projects. Yeah. Yeah. How did you sift through and decide what you were going to chase after this year? Um, I well, I talked to the um, uh, studio a lot about what they think would sell. They have, you know, what they're. Um, it's taken a long time for. So when I say to them, well, look. I'm, I if I, I can rank these for me like da, 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 mm-hmm. da, da, in what I'm most interested in. Why don't you rank what you think the best business is? And luckily, we were pretty much in right. um, uh, in sync. So that's what uh, so that's what we went with, mm-hmm. and it worked out. Uh, yeah, that's true. This year it doesn't mean it would every other year. Um, did you guys are you guys up on the sh- shows that premiered this fall and the things that continued uh, into this year? Have you been watching television? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is there stuff you've gotten excited about? 
there's one I, I was not. I was, this doesn't sound bad. I was not excited or not excited. I was sort of curious about it, and mm-hmm. then it sort of it's won me over, which is the Masters of Sex show, mm-hmm. which I, I went in thinking like, how is this going to be? How are they going to make this into uh, something I'll keep mm-hmm. tuning into? And they did it, and I really have enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I dig it a lot. Yeah, it's uh, it, that was more of a surprise to me. I kind mm-hmm. of. Watch it sort of curiously just to see, like, how is this going to be a television show? And, mm-hmm. and it is. It's pretty neat. Did you get hooked? Yeah, I'm kind of hooked. I'm kind of hooked. Yeah, it's, a pr- it's and, pretty good. Yeah, and the cast is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, the writing helps. is great, and yeah. you kind of yeah. expect that, but yeah. the cast is great. Too. Yeah, it's fearless. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, are you guys watching anything on television? I try to check in on everything, mm-hmm. but, I'm, you know, you watch kind of, you have no time. Yeah. So it's um, it's rare for me to say I'm going to watch all of these. Like um, you know, I, I the only reason I I'm so ashamed of this. I watched the Mindy show because my former assistant is like one of the workaholics guys, Anders Holm, and he and he was on. He played her uh, boyfriend, <laughs> and so oh, I had to watch because Anders was on it, and I just thought that was the funniest damn show I'd ever seen. <laughs> I started watching that um, Veep. I think oh, it's yeah. the most genius. I uh, uh, other things I tend to just check in on, and then mm-hmm. I go, okay, I'm out. I get it, uh, and uh, and I feel bad because I like them and everything, but it's just it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. What about you, Andrew? Oh God, uh, the pressure. I'm about to make it more difficult, so tell us what you like first. <laughs> uh, we've made it to you, and no one said Breaking Bad. You can just have that one yeah, for free. Take we it. all watch Breaking Bad. In fact, probably. that'll segue to my next question. Because like, that's was... next question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did I, you? Did, were you? Did you watch Breaking Bad? Wait, did you not watch it? What? I yeah. I <laughs> this interview is over. <laughs> I did watch Breaking Bad, but uh, but uh, uh, I like Veep. <laughs> Veep is great. No, I love Veep. No, I I, I love yeah. Veep. Yeah, I yeah Veep. <laughs> you guys. Don't stick with that. <laughs> uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, I I like. Really fun. I like it a lot too. Um, this is my question. I mean, obviously, for the past two years of doing the writers' panels, Breaking Bad is the thing that comes up uh, as the answer to what are you watching. Breaking Bad is over now. Um, of, did you all watch it, by the way? Absolutely. Yeah. Were yeah. you happy with the ending? I did enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know anyone who wasn't happy yeah. with the ending. Yeah, it was good. That guy, Vince Gilligan, just, he just did it. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> He stuck it. I think so. <laughs> um, so, Breaking Bad is the answer, but, you know, we talk about Masters of Sex and Game of Thrones comes up a lot for some reason. And um, even things like Veep, uh, which obviously are not dramas, but are high-quality uh, cable shows, um... We don't hear a lot about network dramas. Mm. Uh, they are not the, the things that are penetrating. They are not the things that people are talking about. Am I wrong about this? Well, no, you're, you're right. Those are the things in this town. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> right. the people we talk to. Of the country and the, yeah. the yeah. critics. <clears throat> if, if you ranked what the critics and we and the network executives think are the best shows, nobody watches them, mm-hmm. except for The Walking Dead. That's the, <laughs> that's the weird... That's the one that is both. But otherwise, it's nobody watches Mad Men, nobody watches Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. nobody watches any of those, no one watches Masters of Sex. We, no, yeah. you know, and yeah. um, if those were the economic model, people watch NCIS. Mm-hmm. Millions and millions and millions of people watch the NCISs and the CBS... Uh, dramas right. do really, really well. There's, uh, I mean, the only hit I've really heard about this year 
is uh, uh, Sleepy Hollow. Scandal. And The Blacklist. Scandal, the yeah. Blacklist is like... The Blacklist is a legit... And that was like people like really loved right. that pilot. Yeah. Right. Like, a, 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 you know, it, it sort of... It, people would say, even though it's on a network, you know, like it started <laughs> yeah. out with that, like this was... Good Wife right. has some of that, too. Yeah, I, totally. That's I was like, going to say, in my house, Good Wife has... On Sunday nights, Good Wife has, has moved up mm-hmm. in its viewing order. Uh, in terms <laughs> of, like on Sunday night, yeah. it used to be a Monday night show, mm-hmm. and it's become a Sunday night show... Over other shows, mm-hmm. yeah, and and I think they that's one that I think they I think they it hasn't been my favorite show forever, but I think they do things that mm-hmm. they're really good at making an hour long network drama. Yeah. Yes, and yeah, are bolder yeah. than even some yeah. cable shows, you know, that pretend mm-hmm. to be bold. And but I think yeah. that it's an interesting distinction because I absolutely agree. I think it is it is sort of the platonic ideal of what a network yeah. drama should be yeah. Yeah. Um, because you know my mom can watch it but I can watch it also and I think it's a really good show I mean I look at something like Hannibal which I love but it does it's not a network but that would, that would have been Somehow my last year. Hannibal I loved Hannibal yeah. like loved it and that, that was a network show that I week after week I was like how do they how do they do yeah. this on a network and and maybe because it's NBC and, and <laughs> they had to or maybe because yeah. it's Brian Fuller and he could I don't know, but it's it, it's Brian not Fuller a network. Is show. Never boring. Absolutely, yeah, network cable Absolutely. anything. He's just <laughs> fun to watch. Um, but comedies seem to be hitting so hard on yeah. network. Like, I mean, Mindy is a good one. Brooklyn Nine Nine, New Girl, uh, Parks and They're Rec had a great huge half show. season. It's no. um, <clears throat> I, I hate to. It's very important to figure out what people are watching and and what we like because mm-hmm. it's not the same thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This, and this was kind of part of my question yeah. is like, does it is that is that model changing? Like, does it matter what the numbers are anymore? Like, how obviously it does because these shows exist to sell ads. But you know, how are we going to measure those things in the next yeah. few years as the numbers drop and drop and yeah, drop? How do you how do you fold in the sort of house of cards of it all? Which yeah, we still know, none of Absolutely. us know how many people watch that show, right? right? Well, here's the, what I found really interesting about House of Cards. That's a great point. Is that everyone says they watched it, and then I say what happened in the last episode, and no one can tell me. Well, no one wants to spoil it. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's it's not I don't spoil it. it. I don't think I watched, watched every, the last. Episode. I watched really? every episode. Yeah, did? Stephen Nathan says he did too. I, I, I find those people. I watched it. Actually, I had a, I had a couple of friends that we would we watched. We got together and we kind of parsed them out and didn't do like a binge, even though they were all mm-hmm. dumped at once. We actually did like a watch a couple every week. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think the answer is though that it's going to the, the only people who know what uh, a show is making. Are the is the studios or the production companies, and they will make shows that make them money, and they will not make shows that don't make them money. Um, eventually, I think right now there's a, it's, I I feel that there's chaos, and that everybody's confused. Like, oh my god, this show's winning a bunch of Emmys, but eventually they're going to go. Their bonuses are tied to a profitable show, not a show that they get to have fun at the Emmys about. And I I think that's the thing that's going to adjust and, and mm. settle in the next in the next couple of years. Yeah. So how can we as writers take advantage of this chaos? <laughs> well, <laughs> ah, yes. Good question. No, but I you know to to the whether this is a good year or a bad year, I pitched this year to Xbox. Yeah. You know, for the first, like I had a cable pitch that was in your living room. You understand you were just playing a video game. <laughs> Imagine if you will wait I'm sorry, did I <laughs> <laughs> the clarity is so hard. <laughs> Imagine oh, <okay. laughs> Xbox. What if you were a clip? Um, 
but anyway, it, it, I think in terms of ease, or like it's a hard season because it's hard to sell things, and yet there's 8,000 other places that may, in fact, like Hart's saying, I don't know that, like, create loss leaders for themselves to get out there, and, you know, Netflix had three, two hugely successful mm-hmm. shows, and I don't know how likely yeah. that is for... We think. We think, right. That's right. the whole thing, is it's kind of, we don't know. They, they claim to be successful, yeah. and it may be successful for however they're measuring. But I think we don't it, know what that But at means. least yeah. people can, you can, like, it... It went... I, I remember a time in the Dark Ages, you could pitch to four networks. Any show, mm-hmm. you could pitch to almost every network. And then it became, really, you can pitch to one or maybe two networks because the networks yeah. are so specific about what they want. And then suddenly in cable, you can pitch to 12 places because there are 12 different buyers out there. And I think that is right. opening up opportunities. Yeah. And, and like, now oh, it's buyers not even on your TV. It's Netflix right. and Xbox and right. Amazon and Hulu. Yeah. yeah and then eventually Sprint and whomever else. And yeah. Then, the, the the network models are understandable to someone like me. Mm-hmm. People the ad the ad buyers will buy time on the show mm-hmm. by whatever uh, uh, criteria they like, and that's how you pay for things. I understand that. I understand HBO, where all they need is a show that appeals to uh, uh, not everybody, mm-hmm. but someone who would be willing to kick in uh, to to buy the the channel. Right. So Game of Thrones, gotta see it. And that takes care of that. Mm-hmm. And each one of their, they don't. None of their shows have to appeal to everybody mm-hmm. because I understand that model. But there's a whole bunch of other models I don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand the cable models. I don't know how they're going. I don't yet understand how they're going to make money. And I think the answer to the question, sadly, is how do you, if you understand the economic model, then you know what you're aiming your product mm-hmm. at. I hate to sound like that. But it's like, what do you, you know, and what places will let you do whatever the hell you want, mm-hmm. and maybe it'll work. Um, but it's yeah. it's so confusing. Do you know how Absolutely. is AMC making money? What is their way of making money, and wh- how how many people have to watch a show on AMC for it to make AMC money and whatever studios make right. money? Something I hear from Twentieth all the time, and they are smart business people. Is we don't have a business model to sell to them. Hmm. You know, I'll say I have an idea for X. And they go, we don't, we don't have a business model to make money uh, from that. And they still, to my surprise, they still seem very, very uh, interested in uh, network. Twenty-two episodes yeah. of network TV. The show that uh, that Andrew and I are pitching, we're saying, well, it's maybe sixteen episodes, thirteen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's going to be too uh, di- uh, diverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, too diffuse. And um, and so far they're going for that, but we don't know no. that they won't say no, no. We want twenty. They could be humoring us. They could be like, <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Fifteen episodes. Now do twenty. That'll work for us. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also a thing that we're seeing more of in the sales this year. That's yeah. a lot of miniseries and it's a lot of limited series. I yeah. think the following kind of made made an impact with that, yeah. and then uh, these under the dome, under the dome. Yeah, was... and you understand how the networks make money, but how do the mm-hmm. studios? Mm-hmm. Does it have to sell huge overseas? But they don't want to tell you that, right? Because then if you're a profit person, and I think. That that is often what it is. is yeah. Overseas is becoming a more and more important yeah, thing. Yeah, that's where the profit is. Yeah. I mean, I know on this this show that we're working on, this Netflix show is, you know, it's designed for Netflix, but it's also designed for overseas, yeah. which is what's going to pay for everything. And the competition the States has never had before is there's more and more indigenous production in those places, mm-hmm. in those markets. They're not buying as much. Even if it was one show a night, Armenia is making their own TV, and so is, you know, Belgium. Right. Um, and th- never mind uh, um, Scandinavia. It's I don't 
I'd love to. We can't. We don't get to look at those no. books, but I don't know how they're making money. <laughs> I'd love to crawl inside that. They must be making so much money off the things that they're making money off of. Right, but there are only a limited number yeah. of things. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought up Walking Dead. This is the the kind of yes, last question part. I want to ask. <laughs> um, why do you guys think? Are you watching Walking Dead? No. You're watching Walking Dead. I am. I'm a little behind. Right, but I know you. And but you've yeah. been watching it all along. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Um, why do you think Walking Dead? is as popular as it is. How has that show broken through? When my wife can't watch it. It's, it's well done, um, and I think zombies somehow tuck into our anxiety right yeah. now. Yeah. Same as they did when they first appeared when we were all afraid of communists. Now we're afraid of, what, terrorists and disease and global yeah, warming. Sure. And Everything. Everything. <laughs> Freeform anxiety. It's an People society. with bad skin. So the fact that <laughs> <Sure>. it's, <laughs> it's done very well... It's done very well, and it has this great, great hook, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, yeah that sounds to me. Yeah, it was also, you know, it had this, like, weird credit. You know, it had the, 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 a fan base of the, sure. the comic. Oh, yeah. right. It had been around for years. Like, how long had it been around? That's the, ten years? No. No. A few years. years. A long time A few ago. years before the show started. Yeah. Right. So it was a lot of... So, yeah, it was coming in with an existing Yeah, which obviously wasn't a huge amount, but it had this credit. And a loud fan, fan a lo- base. Yes. A Twitter fan base, would you say? Yeah. Oh, my God, What? So yeah. Twitter is the reason. Is that the reason? Look at you. <laughs> oh my god! What a no, but I, but I think they're they're not, they're not Walking Dead, but Orphan Black and Orange is new. In Orange oh, is yeah. Black, I think also have loud Twitter voices. I think their mm-hmm. core audience are a lot of Twitter people that probably get them more exposure than they might otherwise. So that we hear about them more, and it goes. They may not be the hit that, but I think you hear about those shows sure. more oh, than true. say the broad church audience. Yes, that's true. Yeah, Broadchurch, unlike something like Breaking Bad, which I think tonally it's not that But even on BBC from... America, you go, there's Broadchurch and Orphan Black, mm-hmm. and I feel like you hear about Orphan Black yeah. more, and I, I would say that's because the core audience of Orphan Black yes. are talking about it louder. Well, and that's, that's a genre audience, right? A genre yeah. audience is going to be vocal about the things they love, I think, more than many other uh, audiences. I feel like, this is really unpopular, but I feel like... Um, we need more bullying. Um, <laughs> I did not see that, that coming. Twitter, Twitter is um, genre audiences, comic book um, audiences. Mm-hmm. And the noise on Twitter makes everyone think that that's a big, huge audience instead of a cult audience. And I think it's not true. Mm-hmm. I think that's why shows like NCIS or, or other shows get much bigger audiences. But we all live in a genre world and we think it's I, I feel like there's a slate of hand here that I can't quite put my finger oh, on that you know but I, but I would going back to your Walking Dead analysis I would suggest that that it's a platform that can either then land a bigger audience or not so Walking Dead starts with that loud yeah mm-hmm like, like relatively small, even though yeah. relatively loud audience. But a vocal it's a, comic con sort of. But it's of enough audience. for the people, regular people, to to yeah to check them. in and if yeah. they like it, right. because and there's a buzz about it. That right. otherwise, it might not have gotten. It might not like. I think the Twitter, like even Orphan Black, to to go from a nothing show to mm-hmm. it's a scandal that this actress isn't <laughs> nominated for an Emmy can only happen today because of Twitter. And then yeah. I think they would hope, well, maybe that's enough. Like attention I, to generate a hit like Walking Dead. The, the huge majority of people I follow on Twitter are uh, write about television. They're either working in TV or write about TV. Mm-hmm. And I would say I'm say I'm following 400 people who write about television. They are way over um, invested in genre stuff. 
way they love mm. you know, their Whedon mm. fans mm. and uh, Jane Espenson and and uh, all, and and. But I know they're not speaking for Middle America. Sure. Um, uh, they're not not speaking for it, if you know what I mean. But right. they're not, not. I find it very interesting that uh, it's like the geeks have taken over. And I, I remember I tweeted the other day something I actually believe. I think if you boast about being a geek, I'm a geek. I'm a geek. You're not. <laughs> You're not a geek. You're somebody who wants to jump on the geek bandwagon. Because a real geek has no idea that they're a geek. Right. It's the I, kid who's uh, sitting alone by himself. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and we love those guys. I hate the jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> I'm just a geek. I'm such a nerd. You understand. Fuck off. You are not. We're on the Nerdist Network. You understand that, right? Yeah. And, uh, they're going yeah. to kick me out. I think you have a whole bunch of people who don't boast about game being geeks every day. This is exactly Hart's point of finding your audience, targeting what <laughs> <laughs> Look, Chris Hardwick's a for real nerd. I want to end this by saying that there's real nerds, there's real yeah. nerds, and there's real confirmed. Right there. I would beat him up if I had the opportunity. Confirmed. There's that bullying thing. Again. Here's why yeah, you no, should hate Walking okay. Dead. Apparently, showrunners are just as replaceable as anyone else as DPs. This is a very bad thing. We should all stop watching The Walking Dead, replacing their showrunners. That's, I mean, that's so true. That's, I don't know that there's ever been another show so successful. Right. Yeah. People replace showrunners and the show goes down. That's right. the way it should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gilmore Girls, I'm looking at you. <laughs> but yeah. no, you're absolutely right. Every show in, in community and like, like I yeah. think often yeah. these people like us, you know, you go, yes, you're right. It's not easy and you can't. Yeah, apparently some shows transcend the showrunner, which is... Oh, really? You're just going to kick out the showrunner, and the show's going to walk along by itself. Oh. Oh, Oh, we can? Um, But I will say, I mean, you know, I don't know Darabont, but I do know Mazzara, and I know Scott Gimple, and they're all, they're both very smart, very capable. It's not surprising to me that there's been no drop in quality, no. No. but the fact that AMC feels like they, or whoever it was, Sony, I don't uh, know. They picked well. When they picked Glenn yeah. Mazzara, they picked really, really well. But they're still different guys with different, even if they, have, even if they have a shared yeah. vision, they're yeah. still, it's... I, there's something about the walking like a zombie right. that can't be well, stopped. There's, there's, but there's something about it works it on a meta level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> off the, the yeah, you're full, full theme, theme. full theme. Um, but but it, there has to be something about that that not only transcends the audience, you know, well, but showrunners. Like, I would argue that it's Robert Kirkman, who's not the showrunner, yeah. but is the voice of the show. Bobby so, Kay, as you call him. Yeah, BK. Um, thank you guys so much for taking the time. Uh, I, I feel like it's the tip of the iceberg. But we'll thank you for uh, we'll having see you us. at the end of 2014. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Here's to a good year. Absolutely. Now leaving nerdist.com.